0: Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Julian Council, as always, talking Carolina Panthers with you three times a week right now, as we are in the month of June, which means we are in off season mode here on Locked On Panthers, which means it's so important for you to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, to follow us on Spotify, on Odyssey, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to the show so you can have every episode. Three times a week, downloaded right to your phone. You don't have to try and figure out when episodes are going to come out. They're just going to come right to you. So the best thing to do is to make sure to subscribe to the show or follow the show on any of those platforms. Also, make sure to follow me on Twitter, at Jeweling Council, where every Friday I'm going to need your participation for the weekly Friday mailbag, which we have going on once again today. And guys, some weeks are better than others. Last week was a really good week. This week, not so great. So I get it. You're maybe running out of questions. You might be uh, on vacation. The 4th of July is coming up. I have some great stuff for you um, with a Panthers dignitary, I guess we'll call him. So going to have an interview next week, two-parter, just like we did this week with Darren Gant, and that's the thing, too. If you follow me on Twitter and you subscribe to the show or follow the show, you can go back and listen to any of those podcasts, so I do encourage you to go back and listen to the show with Darren Gant, and I also encourage you to... DM me or at me your Friday mailbag questions. I want to be doing that next week, considering that I will be out of town. Come Wednesday, we might not have a Friday mailbag, but you will have two, a two-part interview with someone, a part of the Carolina Panthers. Something I think that you guys are gonna really enjoy. It might not be the nitty-gritty football, but it's gonna give you an opportunity to understand someone who's been a part of your Panther fandom and lives for a while, who will be exiting soon. So Hint, hint there in terms of someone who's going to be exiting the Carolina Panthers in the near future. So, I'm going to get into that next week. But on the show today, I'm going to answer the few mailbag questions that I have. And I will give kudos to the guys who sent them in. I'm going to, if you send me questions, I will answer them, whether it's only one question, 17 questions, uh, five questions. I'll, I'll get to the question. So, I do appreciate the folks that did send in questions this week. Also, there's been some uh, restructuring in the front office this offseason, something I've talked about earlier on the show before in past weeks, but just kind of go over some of the promotions there. Uh, David Tepper has done a great job and just being patient and rebuilding the football side of things, and he's hired some pretty good people who have brought in pretty good people. So I'm excited to see where things are going. Also, odds on the Carolina Panthers and positioning in the NFC South, where they have the best odds. Is it at first, second, third, or fourth? We'll get into that. But let's go ahead and start off the show by reacting to what my buddy Josh Klein, who I had on a couple weeks ago uh, to break down... Uh, rookie minicamp, his thoughts on Twitter where he asked, did the Panthers' offense get better? If you guys remember, we did go over each position group a couple weeks ago. Um, I don't think we specifically just talked about whether the Panthers' offense or defense in totality got better. Now, I have praised the defense. I think this defense has a chance to be really good. I said as much with Darren Gantt earlier this week, I'm excited to see what the Panthers' defense can be this year. Now, the Panthers' offense, certainly there's question marks, but for the most part... I think that they have a chance to be just as good as they were last year, even if the supposed upgraded quarterback turns out to not be an upgrade. Now, this was Josh's tweet. He had asked, is the Panthers offense better? Did they get better? And he had quote tweeted his own tweet, saying the defense undoubtedly got better this offseason. That's what happens when you spend a top 10 pick at cornerback and your biggest free agent signing at edge, obviously being Hassan Reddick, along with your entire 2020 draft on D. So, young defense, they've, they've definitely... Uh, Let's see, um, what is the word? They have definitely, uh, God, of course this is happening to me right now as my brain is melting here on a Friday morning. They've invested on the D-line. I'm sure someone was yelling at me, yelling, yelling, invested, invested, invested. Yeah, they've invested in the defense the last couple years where offensively there hasn't been that much investment. Although, when you come in, you already had Taylor Moten, you already had Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Last year you had uh, Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore. You brought in Robbie Anderson. The offense in terms of skill positions, was that a better position it's ever been, even back when Cam Newton was here at quarterback? But then Josh goes on to say, but the offense, question mark, position groups 2020 versus 2021. He believes the wide receivers got worse. You add Terrace Marshall, you add David Moore from Seattle, you add Shai Smith through the draft, you lose Curtis Samuel. That's a pretty big loss, if we're being honest. I don't think it's uh, reasonable to expect that either David Moore or Terrace Marshall, who's still dealing with knee injury, Um, that's been lingering since his time at LSU, I don't think it's reasonable to expect that either one of those guys are going to come in and give you the same sort of production as Curtis Samuel. Now, for me, with Terrace Marshall, you want to see the glimpse of that he could be the guy to step up were Robbie Anderson to move on after this season because they're going to have to have some sort of backup plan if Robbie Anderson leaves in free agency, which I expect to happen considering this will be his final chance, and really his only chance, to get paid big time in the NFL, especially if he has another 1,000-yard receiving season. So worse, I can understand the argument in terms of losing Curtis Samuel. Running back, he says they got worse. I look at it differently as Christian McCaffrey is coming back to the unit. And if Christian McCaffrey's healthy, then the group got better. You also bring in Chuba Hubbard. Uh, You continue to have um, Reggie Bonifon on the roster, Rodney Smith. I guess we can throw in Miles Hartsfield in a way. I don't think they got worse there. Losing Mike Davis is unfortunate because you had a backup running back who you knew you could depend on, and that's not the case here in Carolina. But we're going to say that Chris McCaffrey basically wasn't a running back on the roster last year, missing 13 to 16 games. I'm going to say they got better. Tight end, he says better. Undoubtedly, got better. Uh, Ian Thomas still has to step up this year, but adding in Dan Arnold, bringing in – um Via the draft, bringing in uh, Tommy Trimble out of Notre Dame, he adds more to this offense than Chris Manhurts ever could have, particularly if he can develop into a pass-catching tight end. Yeah, I feel good about the I feel good about the uh, tight end position for the most part. Offense line, he says about the same. Yeah, about the same. You have added more depth though. That's the thing, and you've added some guys who I I'm not a fan of the signings, but they do at least offer the positional flexibility that apparently this team. Uh, really values with Cam Irving and Pat Elfline. They've both been starters. Now, they've both been guys that have dealt with injuries. I'm not really quite sure um, why the Panthers saw them as priorities, but that's just the case. You also went out and drafted offensive linemen and of Brady Christensen and David and um, Deontay Brown. You bring in David Moore as UDFA. You bring back John Miller. Of course, Moten's back. Paradise is back. I don't know if they got better because overall, the unit, there's still only one guy I really, I really rely on. Um and that's Moton. Now, I can John Miller was fine last year. They brought him back for a reason. Paradis, uh, was much improved last year after his debut season here in Carolina. Uh, trying to recover from that broken leg, and I think that's really what struggled. That's why he struggled that first season. Was back to kind of being sort of Matt Paratus in Denver last season. Um, I would expect him to perform all well this year. And then on the left side, just huge question marks. I think at least with depth and options. They have more this year than they had last year, and I'm not even bringing up uh, Dennis Daly and Greg Little, who are also still on this roster holdovers from the previous regime drafted by Marty Herney. Now, quarterback, he puts up the whole, the shrug emoji. You already know how about quarterback. If you look at just the numbers that Sam Darnold's had in the NFL compared to what Teddy Bridgewater's had, um, sir, sure, Teddy's been better in a better situation in Minnesota, in uh, New Orleans, and obviously here last year than Sam Darnold's ever been in, but still, You look at the numbers objectively, uh, Teddy Bridgewater has always been a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. That dates back to even uh, back in college uh, at the University of Louisville. So we'll see. I'm not confident that Sam Darnold's going to be an upgrade, if he is an upgrade at all, Um, but we will see what happens. There's plenty of time to let things play out. So very interesting to see uh, Josh Klein talk about that. Maybe have Josh back on the show at some point here this summer. As again, I'm telling you guys, I'm going to add a lot of guests here as we are in this uh, content desert. For the next five weeks or so, until the Panthers report to training camp in Spartanburg, South Carolina, on the campus of Wofford College on July 27th. Uh, quick pause, then I will answer uh, your Friday weekly mailbag questions. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL. And your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts promo code LOCKED ON.
1: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All right, back here on Locked On Panthers for the weekly Friday mailbag. And as I said, guys, Follow me on Twitter, at JulianCouncil, where every week you can send in your questions throughout the off season on Fridays, or at least before Friday. Uh, typically record on Thursdays, and I'm recording, once again, on a Friday. I had some things going on, so hopefully getting this out to you guys by noon um, as you're listening to this. I'm sure you're listening afternoon, so either way, uh, follow me, at JulianCouncil. Um, make sure to DM me or at me. Don't get crazy, though. Uh, your questions, and only had a pair, like literally two questions this week, which is fine. Um, cause I'm going to answer them either way, but let's try and get more so we can uh, have the whole show be those like last week where we had a uh, plenty of questions to fill an entire show. We'll start off with Ryan who wants to get another question in Ryan saying, do you think we're asking, do you think Matt rule and company are grooming someone for the OC position for when he leaves? Um, which I believe he means Joe Brady, or do you think it'll be someone from the college ranks? Um, man, that's a good question. I know when there was a conversation earlier this year during the head coaching cycle where Joe Brady was interviewing for a handful of jobs, um, who would take over? Jeff Nixon, who is a running backs coach. He is also, he's been offensive assistant, of course. So he's been with um, Matt Rule dating back to the time at Baylor, where for three seasons with Matt Rule, he was the co-offensive coordinator. There was talk that maybe Jeff Nixon would be the OC for the Panthers. Now, he Had limited experience in the NFL, but that's nothing different than what Joe Brady had. Joe Brady had never been a play caller until last year. Sure, he had a a very large role in uh, the LSU offense where the OC was Steve Ensminger, who's no longer the OC, by the way, um, at LSU, as Jake Peets has gone down there um, from Carolina with the system that they have here. They learned under Joe Brady and also uh, DJ Mangus, who's a longtime friend of Joe Brady, played with him at William & Mary. Both those guys gone down to LSU, the team up with Coach O to try and recapture the uh, magic of that 2019 season down in Baton Rouge. Uh, But, yeah, so Joe Brady didn't have a ton of experience either in terms of, like, actually being a hands-on play caller where Jeff Nixon actually has, you know, been a co-OC and. When Brady was down at LSU, he was the passing game coordinator. You could probably call him a co-OC honest. I'm not trying to take any credit away from him. Just pointing out the fact that he was not the primary play caller until last season. And there's obviously still ways he can can improve. We can go back to just week one where he decides to hand it all off to Alex Arma on that fourth down. Opposed to getting the ball into the hands of Christian McCaffrey or, well, anybody else. can Really, if we're being honest. Alex Arma, yeah, McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. Uh, literally, Curtis, Curtis Samuel, anyone else would have worked in that situation. So he'll learn, he'll grow, he'll improve. I do think no matter what happens this year, he will be an OC next year because the NFL is on that OC training, that kick. They are desperate for the next bright offensive of mind, And Joe Brady has been identified as that. And even if he flops this year, I think he's going to get a job because they were already trying to give him a job after this past season where, hey, he, he coordinated an offense that had four 1,000-yard guys in Samuel, Anderson, Moore, and Mike Davis. So... Hey, I I get it. And in particular, if Sam Darnold plays well, that's going to only elevate his stock even more. Uh, I don't think you can count out Sean Ryan. If you're looking for someone who has a lot of NFL experience, he's been around the league, whether it was in Indianapolis, Houston, um, now coming here to work with Sam Darnold. And that might be one of those things where because of his hands-on relationship with the quarterback – And he might get some sort of credit as well, as he's worked with Sean Watson before. um, He might get some credit as well that, hey, well since you worked with the quarterback hand-in-hand, and I guess Nixon's more of the running back guy, why not give you the job? You've been around the league more. You've been around some uh, pretty smart offensive minds. Why not give it to him? That that could be a possibility. Uh, Knowing David Tepper, though, I think that he's probably going to go out there and try and um, convince Matt Rule. And Scott Fitter, whoever makes the decision to go out there and find the best possible OC candidate. Because when they hired Joe Brady, they hired the hot name in terms of in college football and in the NFL ranks as a offensive coordinator. And that's probably what they're going to try to do again. Well, certainly they could try and to uh, elevate someone else. So I wouldn't be surprised if they go out um, if they stay in-house or if they go try and find the best candidate who might be out of house. So we'll see how that works out. College ranks. Uh, that's always in play, as we saw with Joe Brady, so I wouldn't count that out. Just trying to think at the top of my mind, like, who would be that top college OC right now who might be ready for the leap to college. Huh. I mean, we we'll, also we'll talk about Lincoln Riley, but he's, he would be a head coach. He's out Oklahoma right now. Don't think he's in any rush to go to the NFL. I you mean, know, Graham Harrell over at uh, USC, they run an air raid. He, if USC can bounce back this year with Keaton Slovis at quarterback, he might be a name that really pops up. So we'll see how things work out. But I would expect that they probably want to stick with someone in the NFL ranks or someone who's right already in-house. Uh, David asked me, should the Panthers look to sign David DeCastro, who after nine seasons in Pittsburgh, David DeCastro was released uh, because of a non-football injury. Uh, he's been through the Pro Bowl the last six years. And he is the only offensive lineman for the last six years to go to the Pro Bowl. And he does play guard, and Panthers could use a guard. Um, but David asked that. He also says, also, I think it would be fun to compare which Panthers Super Bowl team was better. Okay, we'll get to that in a second. Should they look to sign David Castro? Yeah, they should always be looking to sign good players. Uh, the problem, though, is Pittsburgh with them getting rid of him and putting on and because of non football injury. Um, and I've also read the reports that he's thinking about maybe just retiring, which at age, what, 31. It might make sense to do that. And if he's not healthy, then there's really no reason to try and sign a player if he's not going to be available. And you just drafted Deontay Brown. You brought in David Moore who could play both against center and guard. Brady Christensen's been playing a lot of guard. You already have Dennis Daly on the roster. Um, Of course, you signed Pat Elfline with that five guy. I I don't think there's really a ton of space. And I don't know how much money he's willing to come play for. Uh, But he is a former pro bowler. So, yeah, they should obviously... Make the phone call if he's interested. Now, the funny thing about it is, um, in Pittsburgh, Trey Turner, who the Panthers had traded for the rent to tackle, Russell O'Koon, who suffered a bunch of injuries last year with the Chargers, was a free agent. He just signed with Pittsburgh after they had met with him about a week ago, and he's a former Pro Bowler in himself. And he probably has more better years remaining than um, whatever David Castro has. So, hopefully, it works out for Pittsburgh. But I say yeah it's it's worth a it's worth a phone call at least I don't know if that's something that they're gonna prioritize considering what they already have on the roster. Um okay so let's see and then David also said also I think it would be fun to compare which Panther Super Bowl team was better. I would argue the first Super Bowl team was better despite Cam being better than Jake. Their running backs and wide receivers were amazing with the O three team and I think that defense as a whole was better too. Love the podcast. Thank you for your great work. Yeah I mean we compare I mean yeah quarterback obviously Cam Newton I mean he was the league MVP. In 2015, Jake DeLome was good. I was there that first game against Jacksonville week one where Rodney Peake gets uh, benched at halftime and Jake brings him back, hits Ricky Prohl in the corner of the end zone. And yeah, I mean, it was all up from there. Now, Jake did throw a ton of interceptions. But in terms of the playoffs, like the dude was nails. And every time, except for the Arizona game that we try to forget, pretty much every time Jake DeLome uh, stepped into the postseason, the guy was balling out. So I give him a ton of credit for how well he played Throughout that, I mean, of course, got to think back to X Clown um, on the road against the St. Louis Rams at the time. But wide receiver, just just no doubt, the wide receivers were better with Moose and Smitty and Ricky Proll compared to the Panthers' wide receivers who couldn't even get off the press of to Talib and Chris Harris Jr. in that Super Bowl game. I mean, the offensive line was obviously better, considering that uh, Mike Rimmer single handedly lost the Super Bowl for the Carolina Panthers. Defensively, I, I mean. You've got young Pep, Brinson Buckner, um, Mike Rucker. I mean, come on. <laughs> you, you, this is just disgusting. What they have, you got, a, uh, um, let's see, you got Dan Morgan, who had, what, 20 tackles in that Super Bowl? Uh, Ricky Manning Jr. had the three interceptions in the NFC Championship game at Philadelphia. Um, Mike Minner. Yeah, I think defensively as a whole, I mean, like, yeah, so Luke Keekley and TD. And I mean, the Panthers were getting after you as well. I, I yeah, the defenses are comparable for sure. I know there's just some bigger names that you can throw out there um, from the 3 defense, more so than the uh, 2015 defense, but I don't know. I, I take 3 over 15 just because of like, pause, and then I'll be back talking uh, about some of the uh, personnel upgrades in terms of um, in the front office and just also the Panthers finishing position odds in the NFC South. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers of access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do it yourselfers for over 20 years. The Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, and that everything you can need, including brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Guys, I've been telling you about Built Bar. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and they now have nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavors. And these nine flavors I've been telling you about are coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. There's something for everyone. And here's what's really cool about Bilt Bar. You don't just have to get coconut. You don't just have to get mint brownie. You don't have to just get cherry. You could get peanut butter brownie, and raspberry together, or you can get coconut almond and salted caramel together. That's right. Bilt Bar does mix boxes where you get two of each of the nine flavors. It's awesome. I love that they do that, and it's something that you need to go sign up and get right now. They're soft and easy to chew and covered in 100% chocolate, which Would make you think that they're not healthy, but you'd be wrong. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Uh, the Panthers did a really good job of fixing the front office. Uh, David Tepper came in with the, ice, the idea of um, trying to fix the business side of things before taking over the football side of things. Let Ron Rivera coach for another season. Of course, he fired him with four weeks left in the season, which wasn't necessarily the greatest, most respectful thing to do. But the other way, moved on. Uh, kept Murdy Herney around for a year too long. Moved on from him with two weeks left in the season. You catch the trend and he's now brought in his own head coach of course in Matt Rule and they've also added Scott Fitter as their GM and there's a m- number of guys underneath those guys who have made this probably the strongest front office Panthers have had maybe ever or at least in a long time. Let's not forget assistant GM Dan Morgan who was on that 2003 Super Bowl team he is now back as the assistant general manager after spending time in Seattle with Scott Fitterer and in the last couple of seasons with Brandon Bean, the former Panthers assistant GM in Buffalo, where they've built a winner. Um, also, you got to look at some of the other titles. Pat Stewart, he's now been promoted to vice president of player personnel. Uh, Steven Drummond, who's been a longtime comms guy, he's now VP of football operations and senior advisor to ownership and management. So still some comms stuff, but also taking even more of a uh, – of a role inside of the football part of things samir Suleiman, who they brought in from pittsburgh he's the cap guy he's the director of player negotiations matt allen he's director of pro, pers- pro player personnel now you got the assistant director of pro personnel and rob handerhan um you also have director of college scouting cole spencer who they just brought in so evan cooper also he's, he's a cornerbacks coach but he's also added the director of player evaluation to his title uh, longtime scout Jeff Morrow is now a senior personnel executive. So keeping around some of the old voices, but moving to different roles. I've said it before. I'm very excited to see how things work out here in Carolina with these guys. I love the approach in the draft. I don't love the fact that they didn't get a left tackle, even though we'll see to be determined. Maybe Brady Christensen uh, actually ends up being a left tackle in the future. But right now it does not look like that's going to be the case. But either way, the trades, particularly moving back, adding more draft picks, giving them more opportunities to take chances. And the more picks you have, the better the chances you have of picking enough good players for your football team. That's what they wanted to do. So I give credit to Scott Fitterer, Matt Rule, and everyone who's a part of this Panthers front office now for helping to improve the team. Now, closing on with this, uh, our, my buddies uh, over with the Locked On podcast. So Ross Jackson, he hosts the Locked On Saints. He uh, oversees the NFL shows. He sent us an email giving us the odds for where each team in the NFL will finish within their respective division. Let's take a quick look at what the Panthers have. So, if they finish last, the odds are 1-1. to So, if you're a betting man, you're getting absolutely nothing for that bet. I also don't think they're going to finish last. The Falcons just got real Julio Jones. They're also terrible defensively. They're breaking into brand new head coach and Arthur Smith, who was good the last couple seasons in Tennessee. So, offensively, I would imagine they're going to be just fine. Uh, but still... He doesn't have Derrick Henry anymore. Mike Davis was fine here. Well, not fine. He was really good here in Carolina, considering the expectations at that position with Christian McCaffrey and what Mike Davis was able to do last season in his steed. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say the Panthers are going to finish above the Atlanta Falcons. Now, finishing third, which I think is probably the most likely outcome. Again, if you're a betting man or woman, you're not getting anything out of this. Two to one odds. Getting nothing. Now, you're really someone who likes to bet. And you want to have a chance at some money. And I don't think this would be a terrible bet at all. And it's going to have a pretty good payout. 19 to 4 odds to finish in second. Let's go to week 2. New Orleans comes to town. Probably starting Jameis Winston. If you've seen the Jameis Winston workout videos this week, they're hilarious. I don't think that guy's ever done anything that wasn't funny. Uh, well, yeah, there were a few things. At least that he's accused of at Florida State that were not funny. But uh, the crab leg stuff. Um, jumping up on top of the student union, yelling just foul things. Like, not really funny, but just, like, completely stupid. Now, the eating the W, that was ridiculous. His workout videos this this week that are coming out are ridiculous. Everything Jameis Winston does are ridiculous. But he's probably going to be the Saints starting quarterback. Week two, though. Could the Panthers get enough pressure on Jameis Winston to force him into the kind of turnovers that we saw his first four? five seasons in the NFL, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Could that be the case? Because if it is, there's a win right there. And there's some crucial games against the NFC East this year. Um, You've got to look at game against Minnesota and Arizona as some pretty prime games in terms of just card positioning and trying to finish in second place in the NFC South. I would not count out that bet. Now, ten to one odds to be in first place—it's just not going to happen. I just unless Tampa Bay, who had great injury luck last year and they're bringing back everybody, unless they just have a plethora of injuries. Brady goes down. Uh, I mean, they have so many receivers at this point. Like I don't even think like they could have enough receiver injuries that could even impact them from being successful at the position. And same thing, I mean, at running back. But um, Tampa would have to take a massive step back for the Panthers to even have any chance of being in first place. And they, I think primarily the Panthers are going to, need to be trying to obviously stay above Nor- stay above Atlanta, but they're going to go content with anything. It's going to be for second place with the New Orleans Saints. I don't think they're not going to be in first place. But hey, if you want to bet you're you're believing the Panthers and you think hey Julian shut up you're an idiot, ten to one odds, right there. But I think the best bet for this, nineteen to four odds, finish second over the New Orleans Saints in my opinion. All right. That wraps up another week of Locked On Panthers. Again, rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Check us out also on Spotify. Follow us there. Uh, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcast from. Follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. Where every Friday, like today, we do our weekly Friday mailbag. And any more questions from you next week? Got some great stuff coming for you guys next week. A two-part interview that I'm really excited to share um, for you guys going into the Fourth of July holiday. Enjoy your weekend. Be safe, and I will talk to you all next week.